Hey, shippers, and welcome to the show. Today is a very special day. We are joined by Rachel Lynn Solomon, author of The X Talk, to talk about her book, her career, and obviously Shay and Dominic. Do we ship it? Listen to find out. I'm Steph. And I'm Devin. And welcome to We Ship It, the podcast where Devin and I and our occasional guests gab about our favorite and not so favorite ships of all time. Yes, and today we are focusing on The X Talk, a book that follows the fake X to real relationship progression of Dominic and Shay, um, who run a radio show and a podcast. Yes, and obviously we were first drawn to this because it's about a relationship and a podcast, our two favorite things here at We Ship It, obviously. Uh, But as we read, we realized how cool this story is and how well written some of the scenes are. I seriously enjoyed the X Talk, so let's talk about it. And before we do, um, we wanted to introduce the one, the only, Rachel Lynn Solomon, the author of the X Talk. So welcome, Rachel. (laughs) Hi. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Um, For a brief intro, Rachel and Solomon is the best-selling author of The X Talk, Today, Tonight, Tomorrow, Weather Girl, and more. Her romantic comedies for teens and adults have received praise from the New York Times, NPR, the National Weekly, uh, excuse me, and and Entertainment Weekly, um, as well as starred reviews from Kirkus, Publishers Weekly, Booklist and Library Journal. Originally from Seattle, she's currently navigating expat life with her husband in Amsterdam, where she's on a mission to try as many Dutch sweets as possible. So welcome again, Rachel. Awesome. What's your favorite Dutch sweet is my question. <laughs> I, oh, I had this feeling that you guys were going to ask me as soon as he finished reading that part of my bio. Um, and so my favorite things so far are, I'm probably butchering the word, but they're called um, pofartiers. And they are tiny pancakes. They're sort of tiny, fluffy pancakes. And you eat them all in like a stack with powdered sugar or Nutella. And um, especially when you can go to like a market in the winter and they're just warm, they're made right in front of you. They're excellent. Anything that is shaped like a pancake, tastes like a pancake. Yes. Is golden. (laughs) I'm about it. (laughs) And the powdered sugar, the Nutella, it's perfect. Oh my gosh. Uh, But so we're we're so excited to have you on the show today. So we're going to hop into some questions about you. You first and your writing and then we'll talk about obviously our couple because this is we ship it we have to talk Shay and Dominic um, so our first question is just for you can you give our listeners just your little elevator pitch of what the X talk is about definitely so the X talk is a romantic comedy about two co-workers who um, pose as exes to host a public radio show about dating and relationships Um, And as their show gets more popular, they start falling for each other behind the scenes. So there are these layers of, um, you know, journalism ethics and a (laughs) fake relationship that is a fake relationship that happened in the past that is now becoming a real relationship um, and just all all the fun deceit that you can expect in a rom-com. I really feel like a rom-com is not a rom-com without some kind of um, trickery. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. I really think you need like trickery or manipulation so that people can apologize and like grow at the end of Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) 
So uh, this is actually just a question um, off the cuff. So when did you start writing X Talk and like what kind of inspired it? So I started writing it um, in early 2019. Oh, wow. uh, yes, I, it, that feels, I mean, going back before the pandemic just feels like what even was Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, what, Five years uh, ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I started it in early 2019, but I really think that the book was living in my head for many years before that, um, because in college and in my early 20s, I worked in public radio and I always felt like it would just be such a fun setting for a book. And especially as I got more into romance as an adult, I, I read it as a kid and then had a long phase where I wanted nothing to do with it that I am now, you know, I very much judge myself for, for thinking that way. Um, but so many romantic comedies, in addition to all of the, the deceit, um, so many of them center on journalism. Right. Uh, and you think of so many of the classics like, um, you know, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days or Never Been Kissed. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, like pretty much all of them, the woman is, a, if not both people, like the woman is usually a journalist. Um, and I don't know, I'm, I'm sure there have been so many think pieces about it, um, how journalism might just be a shorthand for like, oh, she's good at her job. So that's, <laughs> we're gonna make her a journalist. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, so I had tried to write a book um, about public radio a couple times before this one, and I just couldn't find the right, right plot. Um, and then as soon as the the hook for this book came to me, which was, you know, hosting a show or two people hosting a show about dating and the twist being pretending not that they be. are right pretending to be access not that they are pretending to date or that they actually used to date i thought it would be kind of something fun and fresh and then a friend of mine um gave me the title uh i i am have very rarely title my own books uh <laughs> friends are, are often much better at coming up with them than i am that's awesome uh, yeah, and then actually this book was the quickest drafting process. I wrote the whole first draft in under three weeks. No way. Get out. Yeah, yeah. And actually, uh, I've mentioned this before, but this is one of my favorite tidbits. Most of the steamy scenes were written on a flight from Seattle to Pittsburgh in a middle seat between two older gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best thing I've ever heard. And oh you know my what? Gosh. I want people. I want people to imagine that while they're reading them. And I definitely. Are. If I reread it, I definitely. Yeah, there will. are some <laughs> steamy <amazing>. scenes too. <laughs> and we love it. We love it. Like that's one of the reasons we were so excited to talk because those scenes, like obviously on We Ship, it we talk about a lot of different kinds of relationships. Mm -hmm. I think some authors are. Are a little afraid to go there sometimes so it was just like really great and refreshing to read and I know we'll talk about it later because sure. um, you do really well with those scenes too Thank I you. think you write them really well um, but Devin yeah, next question moving right along um, so we love reading and getting our hands on new books do you have any recommendations and what are you currently reading Yes. Uh, so this is the kind of question in interviews where I always have to pull up my Goodreads right <laughs> and be like, oh my God, what what did I read? Um, so one thing that I can recommend that just came out this past week is All the Feels by Olivia Dade. Oh. Um, and it is the second in this series she has about um, fandom and it's kind of centered on a fictional Game of Thrones type show. Neat. Um, and it, it's even though it's the second in the series, it's more of a companion to the first book. So it can right. totally be read without reading the first one. And this book is about a um, 
I think he's sort of described as like a devil may care actor, really larger than life personality, um, who is assigned this woman who she is described in the book as being like shrewish and she even owns it. Like she has a t-shirt that says big harpy energy. Um, <laughs> she just really owns like being a harpy and it's a really, it's uh, yeah, really a lot of fun. Um, so he's assigned this woman as his minder and the two of them just like completely clash and naturally yeah yeah and um olivia's writing is just so fun like i love reading a book or watching a movie where you can tell that the the writer the actors just had a great time doing it and i feel like olivia was just writing this book with a smile on her face and it totally shows it's it's such a delight so it was all the feels by olivia dade love it that is awesome. And you're right. When oh. when you're reading something that the author just has so much enjoyment in writing, you can definitely tell as you a can reader. Tell. <laughs> oh, man. Get those good That's feels. great. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's hop into some romance talk. Um, were you always invested in romance growing up? And what is it about this genre that you think attracts readers? Yeah. So I, I sort of alluded to this earlier, but uh, I read as a kid and a young teen um, a lot of YA, a lot of romance. Um, I, Meg Cabot was just my god, <laughs> goddess. <laughs> I was obsessed with with her. I followed her blog religiously. Um, and I read a lot of uh, like Sophie Kinsella um, as well. And then I hit high school and I don't know why, but I just decided that those books were not serious enough mm. um, and that I only had to read, you know, the the classics and like right. the, you know, tragic white man narratives yes. of the <laughs> 18 and 1900s and um, didn't always love them. <laughs> and it wasn't until after college that I went back and kind of rediscovered romance and YA um, and I just loved it so much and I could not believe that I had been away from it so for so long and that I would you know decide that I had to read a certain type of book because I wanted to be taken seriously as like a you know yes. quote unquote intellectual or people wouldn't take me seriously or think I was intelligent if I liked romance novels um <laughs> there is just a, unfortunately a there's lot a stigma of, yeah there yeah. is and it's something um not to like you know, promote one of my own books, but uh, it's something that I uh, try to take apart in uh, Today, Tonight, Tomorrow, which is a one of my YAs. Um, but the main character wants to be a romance author and she hides it from everyone for those exact reasons. So I had a lot of fun kind of like digging into my own history with that book and kind of trying to unpack those oh, cool. um, those expectations and judgments that I had of myself. And I think it even just goes more broadly than that. Like, I, I think that people are predisposed to judge and look down on things that are catered catered mainly to women and teen girls. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like boy bands, reality shows, right. romance novels. But but you really think, and I think that so often teen girls and women are like driving the culture. Like if you think back mm-hmm. to the Beatles, you know, oh, yeah. who were all those screaming fans <laughs> and all those black and white videos? Like they're all teen girls. <laughs> and now, you know, the Beatles are you know, revered, of, of course, right. as they should be. But like, yeah, you, you don't think like, oh, the Beatles, that's just for, for teens. Like, right. No. <laughs> now it's everything. That's so interesting you bring that up. I relate so much. I remember a time in high school and even college where like all I wanted to do was read a rom-com like on the beach. But in reality, I, I had that stigma in my head of like, 
am I like just a dumb girl if I'm reading this? But like mm-hmm. in reality, I find that like some of the scenes written in like romantic books and romance novels are most passionately written. So I think it's just, that's a really interesting point that you bring up. Cause I, I find that I experienced that too as a young person, which is kind of sad. Yeah. Um, I know. And I've even, as a romance author, I've had people say to me when I tell them that that's what I write, they're like, oh, so you write books with like shirtless men on the covers or <laughs> yeah. Fabio kind of books. And it's like, well, Fabio. if you knew anything about the romance market now, you would know that that is not what the books look not like. The case and all, yeah. Also, like, so what? <laughs> Those are fun. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, now that we're continuing in our rom-com, do you have a favorite rom-com couple, either in film, novel, or TV show? You know, I got to go like classic Nora Ephron. Um, You've Got Mail is probably my all-time favorite romantic comedy. I just love, I love Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks and everything. Yeah. Oh, just, yeah. That one in particular is just, just like the don't cry shop girl, like gets me every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. And then, so Devin and I have spent a lot of time talking about just tropes in general and cliches, things like this. Um, do you have a favorite romantic trope? Uh, you know, all of them, but, uh, <laughs> Enemies to Lovers is probably close yep. to the top of the Thank list, if, you. if not at the very top. Devin would agree um, with you. I love Enemies but to Lovers. But I think it's, I think it's even better when you mix it with something else, like forced proximity, or I try to put only one bed in as many things as I can. I was actually mm-hmm. told with, um, so the X-Talk was my first adult romantic comedy, mm-hmm. and I was told with my second one, they're like, maybe try something aside from Enemies to Lovers. Um, but for my next one, I'm, I'm, uh, going to have a bit more fun with it. So nice. Awesome. Fantastic. So what we're going to get a little bit into, um, the X talk. Um, so what character qualities were your favorite to develop for Shay and Dominic? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. So when you're writing a book, there are a lot of your own qualities that you put in characters. And I think part of that is inevitable. Even the characters that I write that feel very different from me, I think a lot of them even have just vulnerabilities or Mm -hmm. something in their past that is similar to to something that I've experienced. And um, with Shay, I mean, I, she's extremely ambitious. She got into radio right after college and was just so dead set on this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I was really like that too. Um, I in college, I you know tried to do every journalism internship that I could. Um, I was so focused on trying to work for NPR as soon as I graduated, and I did wind up working at one of Seattle's NPR stations for a few years. Um, but the other side of that is that I got burnt out really fast, and I think before I was 25, I was no longer working in journalism because mm. it was just so much like I had spent my whole college life kind of just focusing on how to get that next internship and where to pitch that freelance piece. Um, So I think some of Shay's character digs into that a a little bit because she has been so single minded for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, And Dominic, you know, he is approaching journalism very much from the news angle, which almost kind of sags back to what I was talking about with romance because I sort of thought that, you know, I only had to write or read a certain kind of book to be taken seriously. Right. And Dominic really feels like news is the only serious journalism. Yes, and you have he, one path. And, <laughs> and you right, can't, you right. Can't, and there's no deviation. 
Right. And he, you know, as he's doing the show with Shay, it opens up a little more um, and is not just that stoic, um, you know, news is the only form of journalism kind of guy. And then Mm -hmm. I also gave him some some little traits of my husband. Like he is a really into um, cast iron cookware. My husband is also a... (laughs) I loved that. (laughs) Yeah, my husband is really into like antiquing and restoring them and then cooking with them. Like I'm not even... It's not that I'm not allowed to cook with them, but um, I... It's like he doesn't trust me to clean them properly. (laughs) He's like, no, 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 this is like my baby. That's too funny. Cause yeah, are, something I... Oh, go ahead, Devin. They are very particular um, <laughs> in how you have to use yes. them. Um, they are. And something I love about Dominic is that he's 100% all in on things that he jumps mm-hmm. in on. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just something that immediately I was like, oh, I love that. Because I saw a little bit of my husband in there. It's like when he's starting this sort of relationship with Shay, he's very, like, out there and vulnerable with it and just mm-hmm. kind of jumps in. Same with the show. Like, once he agrees to it, He's all in. And that's yeah, really, 100%. that's a really great trait that I see in him too. Oh, thank um, you. But, okay, next question. So, a radio show and podcast plays a prominent role in the X Talk. Have you ever had an interest in these two pieces of art? And if you had a podcast of your own, what would be its focus and its name? <laughs> so, in college, I did have a podcast that was sort of a senior project. Oh, cool. Um, in my mind, it was like a collegiate This American Life, but in execution, it was <laughs> not. Um, I like roped a few friends into it, and we just sort of recorded stories about various things happening around campus. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was one, uh, we like found a professor who had gone into labor in an elevator, and we like structured an entire episode just about like elevators as these kind of liminal spaces. And, oh my goodness. Um, really like got all this dramatic um these just these dramatic uh like elevator noises um (laughs) but uh yeah so there was that and then um when i worked in public radio i did various producing on various shows um and now you know i really i just listen as a fan awesome and then to finish off that question if you had your own podcast now, <laughs> what would it Devin's focus pushing. on? Uh, if I had one now, um, you know, probably something related to pop culture, because that's most of what I listen to. Nice. You could even do days. one on your travels now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, you know, I, so I, one, thing that I have in common, <laughs> one thing that I have in common with Shay is we're both very self-conscious about the sound of our voice. Mm. Um and her kind of being, I mean, I definitely borrowed that for myself as well, but um, I was on ra- on the radio very rarely. And the first time I was, I actually got a piece of hate mail. Stop. Like, You're kidding like, me. Like in the email, like email, not an actual physical letter. That would have been Taking it to the, the next level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> so I definitely channeled that when I was writing her character. And it's not that it like soured me to, to recording, but... Um, you know, I think you guys probably understand doing the show, like you're just more judgmental of your voice than anyone is going to be. For sure. I will Mm -hmm. say that that is one big thing. When Steph asked me to join this, I was like, I don't necessarily think people will care what I had to say and like (laughs) listening to me. You guys both sound great. You both sound great. And one thing, I mean, I love like unique voices too. Mm -hmm. I, 
any, my least favorite thing is a podcast, like any podcast hosted by three men. Like, <laughs> no idea who's talking at any given. And then they're like, and our guest for today, another man. Like, oh, <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> um, and then as far as the name, um, I would have to probably give it to a friend again to title it because. That's awesome. It's, yeah, very rarely the, that one of my titles Keep up with the tradition the of friend, friend uh, <laughs> titling your pieces. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, diving deeper, as a producer, Shay has to keep chai seeds on hand for Paloma Powers, her snacking needs, of course. <laughs> um, so what's your favorite snack to have while writing? Uh, I am very much like a... I don't like to snack while I am writing because okay. I have just dirty, dirty fingers, um, you know, <laughs> while you're typing. But uh, when I lived in Seattle, I did almost all of my writing at this coffee shop um, and they had the best um, chai. Um, and by best, I just mean like sugariest because they probably had a very low actual chai, chai. content. <laughs> um, and then when the pandemic started, I found out what it was and I ordered it online and I brought a bunch over with me to Amsterdam and then shockingly it is widely available here. No and way. And not just in wow. <laughs> not just in, you know, just online, but like I've seen it in um like you know stores like Anthropology will just randomly sell like food like yeah. some kind of trendy food project product. Like I've seen it in a like an anthropology type store. Wow. Here. Okay. Yeah. All right. Bring so, it back to chai. Um, that, <laughs> the more you know. Uh, I feel like now I have to say the name of it, but it is David Rio chai, and it is quite good. I will be looking. I'll this have up. to look that look into that. <laughs> yeah, for whenever real. Whenever I visit Stephanie, she knows that that is my go-to. His go-to, yes. Oh, it really? Is. Do you have? Is there a certain brand or? Do no, you no, no. Just chai in general. <laughs> oh, okay. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I love chai too. When I'm reading, I usually try and have dark chocolate. Um, Devin, I'm a wine and chocolate person when I'm reading or writing, for sure. That might be cliche. And then my snacking time while in between classes, I usually throw a couple almonds in my mouth. So there you go. That's fair. Get a little. Okay, so getting a little more serious now. Mm -hmm. Um, Many relationships are explored in the X Talk, and one that quickly took hold of our hearts is Leanna and Phil. What was it like dealing with the concept of grief and finding love after loss as you were writing? Um, and what message did you want to share about this heavy topic? Sure. Oh, I, I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, Shay's mom and her her fiance, and right. they, they get engaged pretty early in the book. And I did not set out to write this kind of like later in life, second second marriage um, but as I was writing, I realized I really liked exploring, uh, you know, my main character has has never been married, never really had a mm-hmm. um, kind of lasting relationship. And her mom, meanwhile, is getting married for the second time after the two of them have been mourning her dad for for quite some time. And it's it sort of takes her by surprise that like her mom is ready to move on in this way and not in a just kind of flippant, you know, your dad doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Like it's, they right. have a lot of serious conversations about it. Um, but yeah, I, I found I really enjoyed exploring that dynamic between a mother and a daughter because I hadn't read anything like that in romance. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of, uh, you know, it was not based on on anything that I had experienced. Um, my parents 
uh, are divorced and they have had various misadventures in dating. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, you know, it, it really, it, some of those scenes like really struck me as um, like they just, I don't know, felt very heavy as, as I was writing them and just really lingered with me. Like there's, I've been tagged in a lot of posts, like there's one particular line that stands out that, that people quote from this book more than anything. Um, and it's like at the very end of one of the chapters toward the end and it's um, Shay is kind of talking, she's just finished talking to her mom about um, kind of her own relationships and kind of realizing that yes, we are still missing people and like we are not ever going to be whole is this the jagged edges one move on. yeah i is. love yeah. that oh, uh, thank you when i listen I actually, to it oh so oh, good thank you um the so it was actually it was in a book box earlier this year and the the box like picks a quote to create like an art piece of artwork and they, they created one for that but it's um the quote is um, like maybe that's what we all are, halfway broken people searching for uh, something to, oh no, wait, <laughs> let me redo, <laughs> maybe I need to, to grab the book. Oh. I remember reading this too, now I'm trying to think. Uh, I literally, because sometimes I would, because sometimes I would uh, listen to the audiobook as I was driving to work, and um, which some of those steamy scenes came up while I was writing. I was like, "Oh, oh my hello!" <laughs> um, but um, that particular one, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I have to listen! Like, I have to repeat this one over and over again because it was so good." I was like, "Wow, oh, that just you. means so much in the grander scheme." And to have it as like the end piece of one of your chapters was spectacular. Oh, I, that means so much to me. And gosh, I feel that way about audiobooks all the time. I would live in constant fear of my audiobook just starting in the middle of the grocery store. <laughs> but uh, I've, I've found it now. It's. Um, I used to think that without my dad, I'd never be whole again. But maybe that's what we all are. Halfway broken people searching for things that will smooth our jagged edges. Mm, so good. That's so good. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so that's, um, I was, I've been really like humbled that that, that has resonated with people yeah for sure yeah that's great all right moving along what is it like creating a relationship fueled with passion one of hate and love so it, when you're writing a romance um sometimes you get lucky and you put two characters on the page and they just spark right away um and you don't even have to do that much because they are just you know magnets and it's wonderful because you you know the more you try to like keep them apart the more they want to get together and it's just all this this fantastic tension um and i got really lucky with shay and dominic and they did they did have that that chemistry when i first put them on, on the page and i think part of it was just this innate um disagreement that they had about what public radio is like shay is mm -hmm. all about these kind of longer feature pieces dominic is all about the news and shay also feels very threatened by him um like mm -hmm. she is used to being the kind of prodigy at right. her station she started young yeah yeah she started young got promoted really fast meanwhile he comes in with a master's degree and he's just already doing things that she is not doing um so he is the the new wonderkind um and uh, yeah, I actually, there was a, originally they kissed for the first time much earlier in the book. Um, they actually kissed in the scene where they are like plotting their fake oh. relationship. 
Um, and it just felt like too early. I was like, no, I just mm. want to drag it out a bit more and like make it <laughs> really just, make them suffer. <laughs> make, yeah, make, make people work for it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's interesting because I think a lot of people have different definitions for what a slow burn is. Mm. Um, and like, I think this one is fairly slow. I think they don't get together until chapter 22 ish. Yeah. yeah, I'd say it's a mid burn. <laughs> yeah, mid burn. <laughs> Meanwhile, one of my YAs, they get together like 95%. Oh, wow. That's a slow one. That would kill me. <laughs> that's awesome. Awesome. Okay, so next question, we're going to talk about some other books. Um, 2022 will be a big year for you um, with not just one but two releases, Weather Girl and See You Yesterday. So congratulations on that. Um, can you give our listeners a clue into what they might find in these novels? Yes, so Weather Girl is out January 11th, and it is about a TV meteorologist and a sports reporter who scheme to reunite their divorced bosses at their TV station. Yes. Um, so it is sort of like set it up or the parent trap at a TV station, um, <laughs> but steamier. <laughs> and yes. it's it's a lot of fun. There's a few things in that book that I'm really passionate about. Um, there's a fat hero, which is not something that is seen very often in romance. I think there's um, been a lot, a, a lot more um, uh, body representation for women um, we're still, I feel like men only have one body type in, mm. in most romance novels. So that was something that was really important to me. Um, and then the main character has depression, and that is a fairly big part of the book. Cool. Um, she's on medication and in therapy, and they're, but, you know, still, you know, having very real struggles. characters. I like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw someone call this, call it like a real life romance novel, and that really struck me. So that's oh, cool. Yeah, that's 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 kind of what what I feel like it is. Um, and then uh, See You Yesterday comes out in May, and that is, and I got to have more fun with Enemies to Lovers. It is about a girl who winds up stuck in a time loop on her first day of college. Oh. Um, <laughs> only to discover that this guy who humiliated her in one of her classes is stuck with her. So not only is she trapped on the same day, but she is trapped with someone she does not like at all. So of course <laughs> they're gonna the follow worst. up. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> um, so I had a lot of fun with that, and it is it was my first book that it was slightly not contemporary. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because, you know, the time travel element and just yeah. having to come up with kind of rules for that world and, and all of that. And they go on, you know, these just various adventures. Um, Was that difficult for you to create a world now? Yeah, you know, because I had to come up with, with rules for it. I was like, okay, so if they get hurt on the previous day, do they feel it? Mm. And, you know, right. what time does it reset? Um, and, and those kinds of things. And then actually figuring out, you know, Am I going to solve this with science or with magic? Um, actually, my first draft of the book, I turned it in, and there was just a blank chapter before they get back to, I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler that they will eventually get back, get back to their, their right timeline. <laughs> um, there was just a blank chapter because I was just like, it will happen. I don't know how it happens, but they will get there. That's funny. And I had to, I wound up kind of weaving in this whole like mystery kind of, sort of. Oh, element. cool. Fun. Um, uh, yeah. So that one was, 
a a challenge, but it's um, it, it was a lot of fun. Cool. And you said that one is coming out in May. Yes. Is that right? Okay. Uh, I'm so excited. I need to get my hands on them immediately. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So we're gonna take a dive into the, I know we've been like gla- glazing over the X talk. Now we're finally <laughs> going to dive into it. And we're going to talk the relationship of Shay and Dominic. Um, so what is it about their shared passion for radio that unites and divides them? How does this passion shape their relationship? Yeah. So, you know, as sort of, as I was talking about earlier, they mm-hmm. come to it with really different views on radio um, so at the beginning, it almost it does feel like something that is keeping them apart and making them seem like these two totally different people. Um, but then they sort of start sharing some podcasts that they like. Um, I just sort of made up some fake names of podcasts <laughs> that they they listen to. Um, and I think one of my favorite offhand lines is like. Uh, Dominic mentions a podcast he listens to and he is like doing something on Shay's phone and then he sees that she like downloaded all the episodes. Right. Yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and they also they as they're getting closer they realize that they both have these very personal histories tied to radio. So Shay's dad um really loved public radio and they listened to it together growing up um mm-hmm. before he passed away. And then um Dominic shares that um his mom uh, learned English through listening to public radio. Mm-hmm. So there's that connection there. Um, and yeah, just it really contains a lot of strong emotions for both of them. And I think they eventually learn that that is something that they have in common. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because at first it sort of divides them in, like you were saying, they mm-hmm. both have different feelings about what makes good radio. And I love that scene right in the beginning where he walks in and like has a successful like current event newscast and like she's just like super annoyed about it but i think over time they both kind of teach each other the important parts the important aspects of both of these kinds of radio and like Mm -hmm. to her obviously it's telling a story he learns about how exciting that can be Mm -hmm. um and i i just love how like their passion for this thing that initially divides them brings them together at the end and i'll talk about this next because obviously favorite scenes and everything but the fact that like the resolution happens live on radio oh i I don't know if i can talk too much about it (laughs) but it like just it made my heart like swell I love oh, that. Oh, thank you. You know, I don't know if I will ever write a better grant, like a, a more suited to the book grand gesture as long yes. as I live than yes. that one. I and I love that they're self-aware the about it. it. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> this could be the most romantic moment ever. Like, yes. I agree. Um, I love Shay's passion um, and that it derives from her father and his derives yes. from his mother. So like, I think that's a really just interesting take on how much radio can mean to somebody how that passes along to somebody else and Mm -hmm. to be quite honest like i just we turn on the radio and like we just it's just there right we we don't think about it we don't process it we don't realize that these are real people that have lives and that this is their like passion project in a sense um so reading this really brought that to mind i was like wow it is interesting to see, like, this isn't just a voice in your head. This is, or not in your head, but like you're listening to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this is someone that is wanting to share this part of their life with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it 
uh, radio can become so intimate and personable as well. Um, yeah. But they're opposed. And I think. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Devin. No, please. I just thought it's interesting how much we talk about the importance of truth in radio. And like so often, like telling a story, you could just be telling a random story. But when you bring yourself into it and, and your truth and your life, it like gives it a little bit more life in itself. And they talk about that a lot. And yeah. we obviously see that through the plot of what ends up happening too, um, of the importance of like being your authentic self, even on the radio. Right. So yeah. I really like that that's in, like a huge part of it too. Yeah, and Shay's the storyteller, whereas Dominic is the reporter, and there's yeah. uh, just those, they coincide with each other, then are able to work mm-hmm. and create this uh, beautiful beast, which is the X-Talk, so. Um. Yes. Thank you. Oh my gosh, you guys are smarter about this book than I am. It's so exciting. <laughs> no, it's so exciting to see, to like hear people um, it kind of drag something out of it that either wasn't intentional or that you didn't make the connection about. Mm. Um, it's always just incredibly exciting sure. for me. Oh, I love that. Cool. Awesome. Okay, so next question. Um, what were some of your favorite pieces of their relationship to write? And then we're going to provide some of our favorite moments as well. <laughs> so my favorite scene in this book was actually when I got an idea for really early on. And I think that for most of the time that I was drafting, I was kind of working toward this scene. Um, and that is the scene or series of scenes when they are on Orcas Island after their bosses told yes. them that they need to go away for a bit and come back and make people believe that they used to date. Um, I, I wrote those, I, I wrote some of those lines really early on, just like, like you know, I don't care what you do, but like, you need to come back and we, you know, I want you to know what it looks like when the other person spits in the sink, like <laughs> after they're, when they're brushing their teeth, like you just, I need you to come back and, and know each other. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna have a, so much fun writing that scene. Um, and I did. Uh, so those, those scenes were a lot of fun. And then I also like the scene where they are plotting their their past relationship. Those are, are my two favorites, I think. Cool. Awesome. Devin? Okay. I'm glad you brought, you brought up Orcas Island because that was going to be my number one. Um, <laughs> if I had to choose one experience from that trip, I'd have to say that it's their hike um, and their selfie. And I just love that you brought <laughs> oh, that. Thank you. Yeah, I love that you brought that picture back and, uh, and made a reprise later in Shay's house at oh, the yeah. end. So I think that's really cool. Such a small moment, but I think it really encapsulates their relationship. Um, another of mine is when Dominic is showing off his Beanie Baby collection. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Okay. I love that a lot too. That was drawn very much from my, um, childhood because we had so many Beanie Babies and my grandma would just give us give them to the, them to us all the time. And it'd be like, they're going to be worth something someday. Like, <laughs> yes. they will. And I think I even did some Googling. Oh, uh, so when I was writing that scene, I actually did some research on what Beanie Babies were selling for. And it is shockingly low. <laughs> there really? are very few that are selling for a lot. And I even remember like we had the Princess Diana Beanie Baby um, that everyone swore was going to be worth a ton of money and like maybe it is but maybe only certain editions I, okay. I also learned like there are certain editions of Beanie Babies like it's not just one and only it has to be like a, a special yeah, yeah, yeah a special version of of that particular bear or whatever that I was not aware of me neither yeah. <laughs> I got really deep <laughs> um, but I do like that there's a level of openness that he demonstrates here and it and it should um, be Shay's first clue 
of his true feelings. Um, nobody in their right mind would show their significant other something so embarrassingly personable <laughs> <laughs> unless they wanted to be transparent with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't, there's some things that I would not show a significant mm-hmm. other unless I knew <laughs> that this was the person <laughs> that I wanted to share that with. Also, mm-hmm. one last one. I love the master's jar. Um, I think that's a brilliant idea. Quality. <laughs> Anytime he mentions his masters. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So I actually, for, oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I have to give a shout out because I borrowed that from a podcast that I love. Um, it's called The Bechtel Cast. And um, it is a podcast about um, the role of women in movies. And oh, cool. they, yeah, they do a really good job trying to view it through an intersectional lens, too, because it's mm-hmm. too white female comedians and they are often bringing on guests of, of various backgrounds, but it is like it, describing the podcast does not do it justice. It is <laughs> constantly, I'm just constantly laughing to myself when I'm watching it or listening to it. Uh, but one of the hosts of the podcast has a master's in um, film. Okay. And they just are constantly referring to that as a joke. It's like, oh, okay, like this definitely qualifies me to have a podcast about movies. Cause you know, <laughs> I have a master's degree in film from Boston University. (laughs) Yes. That's awesome. That is so great. Um, So my choice is like probably not the most popular one, but it's actually PodCon. Uh, It's PodCon. And you know why? (laughs) Probably PodCon until the resolution because, yeah, that's like the breakdown moment. But for me, like those books that like keep you turning pages Mm – They're the ones that are like, how is this going to resolve? How is this going to resolve? And I think those moments leading up to the breakdown at PodCon where they're just like, you know, definitely love this person, all of that. Mm -hmm. And then that whole thing happens. Like, that's the moment for me that I am. It's a page turner. It becomes a page turner. And then it just builds you up so perfectly to the resolution at the end, like I said before, which perfection that it happened Thank on the you. radio um but so that's that's probably mine i mean the whole book has lots and lots of great steamy scenes but ultimately like what it is like when i started to get really excited was those few moments at podcon love oh, thank it. you i'm I'm happy to hear that. I know that not everyone has been sold on like the climax to the ending. <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> yeah. Tell them to talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but cool. Um, So we're going to dive into how do Dom and Shay help each other break out of their ruts in life? We know that they start off as two individuals that are kind of not necessarily stuck, but just they only focus on one thing. So how do they help them break out of their shells? Uh, That's a really great question. And I think a lot of it has to do with kind of their varying views and sometimes disparate views about love and relationships. And Shay is someone who has really been searching for that kind of ultimate partner, like the person she can settle down with and have the relationship that she saw her parents have. Um, And she has always been the first person to say, I love you in a relationship. And that has often led to that relationship's downfall. Um, And then meanwhile, Dominic has had only one serious relationship. So he is very inexperienced. Um, And I love nothing more than a beta hero. Um, This is something I try to put in everything because I just love writing um, 
I think it just is similar to what I was saying about in Weather Girl writing a fat hero. I love writing um, male characters that go against what we are often is norm given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I really loved writing like an inexperienced character. Um, you know, he has only ever been with one person. Uh, and yeah, so for him, like, like you said, Devin, he really goes all in very soon. And that's, that's true. Like he has decided that she is kind of worthy of, of all of this attention and all of this, um, vulnerability. And Shay is kind of holding herself back because she has been burned so much and Mm -hmm. she is given too much of herself too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they really, I, I think that's really at the core of a romantic comedy is the two people have to have these different feelings about relationships and, and love. And they really have to each overcome like this misbelief that they have in, in order to de- get to that, you know, happy for now or happily ever after. Yeah. hundred percent. Devin, you have thoughts? Yeah, I so Dom just isolates himself after you already mentioned like his first uh, first real breakup and first real relationship. And although he tries to reach out to his old friends, he's not. It's not always re- easy to reconnect as one would like and hope when it comes to old mm-hmm. friends. And I think that's something that we're experiencing now, especially in your adult life. Like it's hard to reconnect to people that you haven't seen in a while. It's hard to. Um, pick up where you left off in a sense and you feel like people have changed and that there there's just some divide or some issue that you're not necessarily able to get over um, hurdle over so it's cool that we have someone like Donovan who's going through that experience as many adults Mm -hmm. are especially when they're getting out of uh, um, excuse me college Um, and Shay on the other hand allows her job to be her life Um, she's Mm -hmm. hollow without it Um, um, her identity and her job are one and the same. And so these two give each other, hi puppies. <laughs> uh, these two give each other meaning and help each other discover who they are in their new stages of adulthood, which I think is just something that resonates well with um, Steph and I, and I think many other readers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. really, in- oh, sorry. No, no, you're good. Go ahead. Yeah, I really intended it to be a kind of millennial romance novel and about people navigating millennial adulthood. And I think so much of that is figuring out how to make friends as an adult. Yes. Um, Yeah, because one of Shay's big, yeah, one of Shay's big things is she has this best friend from childhood, but she's like, I don't know how to make friends with other people. Um, One of my favorite lines, because this is definitely something I've done, is she even says like, like, what even is a real adult? I had two bagels for dinner yesterday. <laughs> um, it's so good. And it's just, <laughs> like, uh, you know, I think it's maybe, like, a brand thing. I have bagels as, like, a big part of most of my books. Maybe I should, like, <laughs> look into that. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can delete that if you want. No, um, it's great. <laughs> where was I going with that, though? Um, oh, no, it's really hard to to make friends anytime, but especially as an adult. And I think especially when, yeah, like your job is your life and you just don't know how to get started um, and you don't know like kind of what defines you as an adult or what what yeah. are these kind of set pieces that you need to be considered an adult. And 
I've now said the word adult 20 times in this this one um, this one paragraph that I'm speaking, but <laughs> yeah, that's that's something that they're grappling with. And Shay also really thinks like, okay, I've bought a house, I have a job now. Do I need like a partner to feel like this fully yeah. formed, grown up person? And she eventually realizes that, you know, maybe she doesn't. Yeah, and I related so much to it because I'm just in this point where it's like we've graduated, and then you're like starting your job. Like it is the millennial story, and. Ultimately, like, I just loved watching Shay kind of unravel because what you start to do once you're out of college is, like, your whole life has been sort of planned for you up to this point. Then you have to start making decisions on your own and for yourself and mm-hmm. defining your own way and your own path. And I think that's what Dominic kind of allows her to do and allows her to just, like, get rid of those insecurities she's been sort of winding around herself um, and to, to really figure out what she needs. And ultimately, uh, that's why I love that that scene just before PodCon where she's like, I think I'm ready to tell him that I'm falling for mm-hmm. him. And it's like, that's such a, like, you, you just want to tell her, like, shake her, be like, you love him, you idiot. But at the same time, <laughs> I totally understand, like, what the feeling is like to be so wound up in those insecurities, especially at this point in your life where you're figuring everything out. You've been rejected by Mm -hmm. a bunch of different things or by a bunch of different people, different jobs, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I I totally relate to her in that. And I think it's great to see her unwind a little bit. Thank you. Absolutely. (laughs) Cool. Okay, so next question. These two experience a series of quote-unquote black moments, and these are famous moments in the romance genre where we where all hope is lost in love. Um, so how do they recover from them, and what is it that helps heal their relationship? So the big black moment here happens at PodCon, as you mentioned, yeah. and I don't think it's a spoiler that anytime there's going to be some kind of deceit or trickery that eventually unravels and people Ask realize you. that, uh, you know, their show is a lie in the most erratic way possible. Um, and Dominic kind of lets Shay down in a moment where she really needed him. So mm-hmm. she sort of feels like, okay, I've given, I've already kind of decided that I'm in love with him, but I couldn't rely on him. So maybe I was jumping too fast the way I have before. Um, And uh, yeah, you know, I, that black moment is really difficult to write because your readers know it's coming. And when I read romance novels, I want to feel like the author is kind of trying something different with, with that moment. Sure because you know they're gonna end up together and it's really just just kind of about that journey to get there. Um, So I think I just really try to dig deep with the characters and just kind of what they need to unlearn that they've been struggling with this this whole book. And I think for Shay, a lot of it is just giving herself the the courage and like the permission to take, take that leap and to like be that broken person and still like go after something that makes her happy. The first one that I really notice um, as a black moment is when they realize that like we can't do this casual thing. Um, it's mm. it's too real. Um, she feels like Dominic is a distraction, and um, it's just getting too much. They don't know how to define the relationship in a mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and they originally get back together um, after they 
do that, have that talk. They have the discussion of what they want out of a relationship and they both realize like we didn't want casual in the first place. We just thought that that was what you wanted and I thought that was what you wanted. <laughs> and so here we mm-hmm. are in this predicament. But like you said, the, the, the next one, the real big one comes at PodCon and there's just a sense of humiliation and then separation mm-hmm. because of the path that he takes and the path that she takes. Um, she feels just almost abandoned um, in the moment and later on. Um, and then that grouping of getting back together, I think there's a lot of, there's that theme of truth and honesty um, that is dealt with in radio, but then also with their relationship as well. They have to mm. recognize like, what do we want from this? And um, what are mm-hmm. we hoping from to get out of this? And um it's something that they ran for ran from from the very beginning was being truth and honest with each other because they, their whole relationship started off based off of a lie. Um, mm-hmm. So from the very get-go, they've been running away from being truthful. And so they've kind of just got caught up in the web of it all. So yep. what do you yeah, think? And sorry if, I'm, sorry if I'm a little delayed, I think because of the Wi-Fi problem I am. But You're good. my thoughts here, I think it's interesting that kind of black moment after PodCon – for Shay is a reverting to her previous way of thought, which is really, mm-hmm. it's interesting because sometimes mm-hmm. it could be a moment where a character is getting burned for the first time and that's just a really intense spiral for them to realize. But for her, I feel like it's almost more painful because she's been there like a hundred times before. And so she's like, maybe I misjudged this like I have before. And that's just like almost more heartbreaking to watch. You know, and she just kind of shuts down and stops talking to people because right. she doesn't know how to deal with relationships at that point, whether that be with her mom, with Amina, like whoever it is. She feels like all of her relationships are kind of spiraling. And it's like, I don't know, it's just like kind of a sad shock. But I think it's it's a time that she needed because things were just kind of even before the thing at PodCon, things were kind of confusing up in the air and like. Like, her relationships were just not being very well-processed or defined by her. Um, so I think that after that moment, it was so necessary to have that black moment um, because then she could really grapple with that fear that had been lingering all along, which is, am I being too pushy? Am I saying I love you too soon? Like, this is always my problem. What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. this allows her to grapple with that and then move on from the insecurity and not have to deal with it constantly. Um, so I think it's, it's a good moment for her. Even though it's not a good moment, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> a good journey, a good growth moment. <laughs> right. Um, moving forward, where do you think Shay and Dom's relationship will go from here? Do you think they found the one, quote unquote, and will we see them again <laughs> in some fashion? I definitely think that they will stick it out for sure. Uh, Another kind of facet to this being a millennial romance novel is that I didn't want to end it with a proposal or a Mm -hmm. wedding. Um, And it just ends with them moving in together. I also don't feel like that's too much of a spoiler. but We know that they get um, together. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, um, they do not show up in my next book, but I would love to kind of tie everything together in a little like journalism universe in my my third book uh, or my third adult book which hasn't been announced yet but is also kind of journalism related exciting fun (laughs) and i don't really think devin and i i don't know i to me i think they've found the one because i love shipping like these kinds of romantic (laughs) relationships but 
You are the author, so you would know better than me or Devin. <laughs> so that's great. Um, and we would love to see them again. I know yeah. Devin and I were talking a lot about just all of the different scenes that are so well written between the two of them. I would love to see some more steamy Dom and Shay scenes come back. <laughs> but, okay, last question. This is our bring it home question. Um, we ask at the end of every episode, do we ship it? I mean, yes, Devin? I hope okay. so. Obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was yes. going to say, I think it's obvious yeah, for yeah. you, <laughs> Devin. It's hard for you I, to I mean, say if that. I didn't... If I didn't, I feel like someone would have to take like my romance novelist like, <laughs> card away. <laughs> like, no, I actually think these two are awful together. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of funny. For sure. Um, I love um, the small things that he does for her that ultimately build up to who he is in their relationship. Um, mm-hmm. His dealings with uh, Steve Rogers and um, just uh, cooking and like the small things mm-hmm. that make him a boyfriend figure. Um, puppy, hi. <laughs> so many puppy <laughs> <Sorry>. moments. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, and Shay, I, I, I grappled with like, I really wish we would have gotten some of, um, Dominic's person not personality, some of his, from his perspective, um, in the text. During that time? Yes. Be- after, yeah. And I'm glad that you left it out because it gives a little bit of mystery in, to his character and, we get to discover him through Shay's eyes, um, which I think is really cool. Um, but yes, obviously, we ship it. <laughs> Steph? Yeah, I ship it. I love any good steamy romantic partnership. And I think that these two, like we were talking about before, pull each other out of their little insecurities that they've had in relationships in the past, which I always just like like to watch because obviously that's how everyone kind of goes mm-hmm. through life if they're looking for a relationship. You have not so great ones until you find the right one and ultimately what the right one is able to do is walk you through why the other ones weren't the right one um in various ways and i think that's what these two do for each other and i i love the way it's set up um through this podcast that it it is kind of a nuanced (laughs) like funny situation to be in pretending to be exes and then actually falling for each other we have to (laughs) we've had that question of like are people going to think that we are together so we've clearly (laughs) had to set that grounding at the very beginning we are friends (laughs) we do this (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no i do love again going back to um relationship wise dominic is very um he opens Shay's eyes as to what love re not really is but just like his version of it because he is more of like this is intimate and this is personable and for her it's always just been a fling um so i think it really changes the perspective of like oh so this is what it's supposed to be like, or this is what it really meant to be in a sense. Mm-hmm. So um, instead of just I like, would be interested to hear his side of the story. <laughs> I would be very interested. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because I get tagged in interviews of this and also interviews of my upcoming book, Weather Girl, that have, have said the same thing. And I think part of it is because in romance, you're used to getting dual POV. Dual, yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, I think that a lot lately, a lot more of them have been single POV. And what I love Ooh. about it is you just don't know what the other person is thinking, which I know is like, it's like a, a real relationship. Yeah, but it's also I think that there is so much more tension that way because you just have no idea 
what is going through with Airhead. Whereas, you know, you could flip the page and it could just be like, I am obsessed with Shay. You know, there are plenty of dual POV romances that I love. And this, this is not to throw shade on them at all. Right. Um, but for the reason that I write single POV is because I love that mystery and keeping that, that Absolutely. tension. I, I actually, That's I think great. it's probably more of a challenge with dual POV because you have to keep the tension up in different ways. For Somehow, sure. yep. So maybe I'm yep. just taking the the easy way out. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, one quick thing. Off the cuff question. I recently saw that you watched Tick, Tick, Boom. Correct? Yes, I watched it last night. What are your thoughts? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it Friday when it released. What are your thoughts on Tick, Tick, Boom? Oh, I loved it so, so much. I had heard like that Andrew Garfield was amazing, but I was just blown away. I did not know I was he blown could away. do any of that. And just, oh my God, like all the Broadway cameos, yes. all the everything. It was just um, honestly one of the best movie musicals I have ever seen. I'd agree. I, I, had, I walked into it not knowing much about it. And then I did a lot of research afterwards, which I think is Same. really cool <laughs> of the um, the project that it encourages you to dive in further mm -hmm. um but cool i just saw this i saw that and i, oh, yeah. I just wanted to like <laughs> quick little oh, question so what well, are your thoughts and also i mean so many of my writer friends have been talking about just what and wait stephanie have you seen it yet nope oh, but okay, i well, really want to i mean this isn't a spoiler or anything but there's a conversation okay. that he has with his his agent about like, okay, what do I do next? I've spent mm -hmm. all these years of my life working on this musical. And she's like, you write the next one and then you write the next one and then you write the next one. Yeah. And that's always kind of the advice that that I hear about writing and that I give other writers when they're like, okay, yep. what do I do? I'm like, you have to write the next thing because you cannot put all of your eggs into one basket in your first project. Yeah, yeah yep. it's, you never know which book is going to land with people and you if you want to sustain this as a career which i think most people do i know there's so much focus on getting like that first thing but you have to be thinking about what what's coming next yeah and 100%. we're looking forward to what's coming next from you personally so <laughs> yes well thank um, you yeah cool. but there you have it our thoughts and uh the author's thoughts on the x talk Yes, and Rachel, was there anything else you wanted to end with or let readers or listeners know about or anything like that? Uh, just that Weather Girl comes out January 11th and I've been told that it's a very good book to read while it is raining outside um, in part because <laughs> of the cover and uh, yeah, just any kind of inclement, inclement weather. I think it is a very cozy and comforting book. Love it. Awesome. We're excited. Okay. And as always, thank you all for listening. And thank you so much to Rachel and Solomon for joining us for this awesome discussion. It has been so much fun. It truly has. And if you're interested in learning more about Rachel and her works, please visit um, rachelsolomonbooks.com. Um, and if you are interested in joining us on our show, on our show <laughs> or sending in comments, find us on social media or email us at weshipitpodcast at gmail.com. Yay. And of course, we would love to hear from you. So please rate and review where you listen to the show. We love you guys. Quote, make people cry, make people laugh. But most of all, make sure you're telling a good story. See you guys next time. Bye, guys. Bye.